0: Sure. Now, some of you, like myself, every once in a while, I think to myself, why in the world do we have a Christian school? I mean, why do we have a Christian school? There's many other schools around here. So why do we at Gospel Baptist Church have a Christian school? Now, obviously, it's a school, so we want to have good academics, and I believe that we do. We have really good academics. We have some awesome teachers. But really, the main reason why we have Gospel Baptist Christian School is in the name it's simply to give these children the gospel. And that's why we have this school, is to give them the gospel. Not that they would only succeed in this world, but they would also succeed and also be able to make their way to heaven. And that's what I'm gonna be preaching on here tonight is the simple story of the gospel. So first of all, we're gonna be taking a look at who we are, who we are as people here today, who these are as graduates here today today. Now it's unbelievable to see how far these children have come in their life. After all, they're only about five or six years old, and it's really unbelievable. I just think of myself, five years ago, I I was just a freshman in college, so I just started off in college, and it's unbelievable that was only five years ago. And I'm sure it's amazing for you parents to be able to see these kids grow up one, two, three years old. It's amazing how fast they really do grow up. And obviously before You had to take care of them. Everything that they needed, you had to feed them. You had to do everything for them. They couldn't take care of themselves. And now here they are as graduates. Man, they can read, they can write. It's unbelievable what these kids can do with only this short period of their life. But today I wanna take a look at us. Okay, so who we are as people here today, just like these graduates are. Now they're able to take care of themselves, but we were like them before when they couldn't take care of themselves. And the same is with us when it comes to salvation. We ourselves, we can't take care of our own sin. First off, if we're going to accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we must first understand that we're all sinners. Bible says in Romans chapter 3 verse 23, it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 also says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Now there's many ways that people believe that you can get to heaven, but tonight I'm gonna show you the way that you can get to heaven according to the Bible. Now, one of these ways that people believe that they can get to heaven is by being a good person. They look at themselves and they look at their lives and they say, well, I feel like I'm a good person. That's good enough to get me into heaven, right? After all, look at my neighbors, they're in sin, they're partying on the weekends, they're doing all these bad things. Me, I'm way better than them. I go to church, I do all the right things. I feel like I'm a good person. I feel like that's going to get me into heaven. Well, that's simply not true according to the Bible. No one can get to heaven based on their good works. Bible says in Titus chapter three, verse five, it says that not of works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. So it's not by being a good person that we can get to heaven. I was trying to think of a way that I can illustrate this, you know, not getting to heaven by being a good person. I kind of came up with this. obviously the past couple months, a lot of us have been home a lot more than usual. We've been staying at home, and usually when you stay at home, you see the same old living room. You see the same old bathroom. You're in there a lot more than often. You you have been in the past, and you look at that house, and you're like, you know what? I want to do a little bit of remodeling. It was unbelievable how many people were at Lowe's and Home Depot the past couple months. People seem like they're totally demolishing their houses and building new again. So let's just say my mom had the bright idea. She's been watching a little bit too much HGTV. She gets those magazines. She's looking at those. She sees all those amazing looking houses and she gets the bright idea. She sees one of those magazines and they had white carpets. And she's like, you know what? I think it'd be a great idea if our house had white carpets all throughout the house. Now, why in the world would she think this? I have no clue. And so let's just say me, I got a younger brother. So me, myself, let's just say I'm like 10 years old. My brother is about eight years old. You know, we're boys. Man, we like to have fun. We like to play in the dirt. We like to get all dirty and nasty sometimes. And it's been raining out the past couple of days. Let's just say it's been raining. It's been pouring. And all of a sudden, my brother and I, being the boys that we are, you know, we'll go play in the dirt. We want to have some fun. And I get outside, and all of a sudden, I see my friends. They're out there playing football. Oh, man football. I want to go play some football. So I go out there. It's all muddy and nasty. I play football with my friends. I just get caked in mud from head to toe. I have mud all over me. I look like Pigpen from Charlie Brown. And my brother, obviously, I'm not going to let him play. He's a younger brother. I'm not going to let my brother play. So I say, no, you, you just stand off in the corner and you could be like a, you could be like this cheerleader or something. Just stand off in the corner. And so he's not able to play. I know, sad, sad news. He's not able to play. But all of a sudden, it's about supper time. I'm getting hungry. We're getting hungry. So we head on home. And as we get home, there's that white carpet. And in my 10-year-old mind, I'm not thinking. I don't care. I walk right on in there, right to my room. I get mud all over the place. And all of a sudden, I hear that sound where I know the next thing that's coming is surely going to be death. All of a sudden, I hear that dreaded, middle name. Thomas Williams Sweat, what are you doing? What are you coming to my house all dirty? And I'm like, oh great, I'm done for. And then all of a sudden, she sees my brother. He's about to walk on in. She yells at him, hey, stop, stop. No, you can't come in. And he looks at at my mom and he's like, well, I'm not as dirty as Thomas is. I mean, look at him. He's got mud all over himself. I only have a little bit of mud on my shoe. And she says, it doesn't make any difference. This carpet is pure. It's white. You can't come in here even with that little bit of dirt on you. You see, the same is with us. Believing that we can get into heaven by being a good person. Like the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God can't allow any sin into heaven. So even if you have a little bit of sin, it's like walking on a carpet with the pure white flooring. Even if you have a little bit of dirt on you, even if you have a little bit of sin, you simply can't get to heaven according to the Bible. Another way that people believe that they can get to heaven is by good works. I'm a good person. I feel like I can get to heaven by my good works. Well, sadly, this isn't true according to the Bible as well. Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through nine says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, that is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Here, this verse is saying, hey, you can't get to heaven by doing good works. You can't earn your way into heaven. Many people think, okay, if I get to the end of my life, I get to heaven and God is gonna have a scale. He's gonna outweigh my good works and my bad works, but it's not gonna be that way. We can't get to heaven by our good works. So let's just say at this time next year, I get challenged with a couple other people and we got the challenge, we're gonna jump across the Grand Canyon. So for the sake of the illustration, let's just say the, the smallest with the Grand Canyon is about 35 feet. And so we got 35 feet, and it's like, okay, you got one year to prepare to jump this 35 foot cliff. And of course, me being myself, I, I know that's a long way down in the Grand Canyon. So I'm gonna do everything I can. I'm gonna work as hard as I can. I'm gonna get up early. I'm gonna work out. I'm gonna do everything that I can to be a tip-top shape to be able to jump that 35-foot cliff. So I'm working hard day and night, man. I'm working, working, working for that whole entire year up until that day. So I've worked hard for this. I was ready for it. And let's just say, she's probably gonna kill me. Let's just say my sister, you know, she, she, she's not going to work very hard. She's going to sit at home all year. She's going to eat some Twinkies. She's going to drink some Mountain Dew, and she's going to gain like 200 pounds. And we get to the year. I know, she's, I know, she's going to kill me. So we get to the end of the year, and we come to that day where we're going to jump that Grand Canyon, that 35-foot pit right there. And so I let her go first, being the gentleman that I am. I let her go first. I say, okay, Caitlin, you're up good luck. And so she hasn't worked very hard. So she takes about three or four steps back. She's like, eh, whatever. She's about 300 pounds. She goes there, boom, boom, the whole earth is shaking. She jumps off the cliff. She gets about two feet and then straight down. It was like, boom, atomic bomb went off. When she hit the ground, she didn't get absolutely anywhere. But me, I see that. I'm like, well, okay, well, she didn't work very hard. I worked really hard, man. I was, I, I prepared. I'm ready to jump this. Now, mind you, the farthest that anybody's jumped in the long jump is about 29, point, 29 feet and four inches. So man, this is a 35 foot cliff. So I'm gonna have to jump really far. And so I'm like, okay, this is fine. I'm ready. I've worked all year for this right now. So me seeing what happened before me, I get like 20, 30 feet back. I get as far back as I can so I can reach top speed. So there I take off. I'm running, running, running. Wait till I get as close to that cliff edge as I can, and I jump. And here I am, soaring through the air. I probably see some birds flying beside me. Here I am, soaring through the air. I go 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet. I've just beat the Olympic world record, 32 feet, 34 feet. But all of a sudden, I stop, and I head straight down. Then all of a sudden, snap, pop, crackle, pop. Man, I'm done for. You know what? I was so close to that edge. I'd worked so hard to get to the other side of that cliff, but I didn't make it. You see, in the end, we both were in the same spot. We both didn't make it. That's what we try to do when we try to work our way into heaven. No matter how good we do, no matter how hard we work, there's no way to get across to the other side into heaven based off of our good works. It quite simply isn't going to happen. The next thing that we need to see tonight is we need to see the severity of sin. The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Many of you know what wages are. That's obviously a payment that you get for working. You work all week and you get a payment at the end of the week or the end of month, however you get paid. That's getting something that you deserve. And that's what we all deserve here tonight. The payment of our sin, because we have all sinned. We're going to die one day. And that's pretty sad. That's pretty depressing. But thankfully, the verse doesn't end there. It gives us the way out. It says, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's the remedy for this sin is Jesus Christ. So how can we have that remedy? Well, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, Christ knew that we were all gonna sin here on this earth, but he sent a way out. He sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for those sins, for my sins, for your sins, for the sins of the entire world. No, that's amazing sacrifice. It reminds me of a story of a young couple who lived in Brooklyn, New York. This is about the time of the California gold rush. And they weren't doing too well there in Brooklyn. So they decided to try to see if they can make it big over there in California during that gold rush. The only problem was they only had enough money for one ticket to get over there. And it was the husband. So the husband went over there and he worked night and day tirelessly. He could remember his wife and his child, the young child that was at home. He worked tirelessly night and day so he can get enough money. It was a long time. It took many months, but he was finally able to raise enough money to give it back to his wife and his young child so they can make their way over to California on a boat. The thing was, as soon as they got their ticket, they made it a little bit of a ways out there on that boat, but the only problem was, all of a sudden, they heard the dreaded words, fire, fire. There was a fire on the ship. You see, the biggest problem was there was a big old case of gunpowder on that ship that they were carrying as cargo, And they knew as soon as that fire hit that gunpowder, it was going to be over. Every man, woman, child that was on board that ship was going to die. They obviously took the lifeboats out, but the problem was they didn't have enough room for everyone. So as they had that life ship that was just about to take off, the woman, she runs out there. She had her son in her hand and she says, wait, wait, there's got to be enough room for at least a couple more They said, no, there's no room. There's no more room. And they started to take off. She's like, please, please. She was begging them, begging them. Please just take one more. They said, okay, we got enough room for just one more. So she took that boy. She looked at him. She hugged him and kissed him one last time. And she said these words. She said, if you ever see your father again, let him know that I gave my life for you. See, look, that's what God did for us. He sent his son, he sacrificed his very own son for my sins and for your sins. It was a great sacrifice, but it was worth it. God said it was worth it. It was all worth it. Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verses nine through 10, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is how we get saved right here. It's simple. These kindergartners can understand it. There's many times, many years where we have these kindergartens getting saved. It's as simple as this. Simply confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart. Understand that you're a sinner. Believe in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection, and you too can be saved even here tonight. So what happens if we do accept Jesus Christ as our personal savior? That's what we're gonna be looking at here tonight. That's the second point, what we shall be. 1 John chapter 3, verses one through three says, "'Behold, what manner of love "'the Father hath bestowed upon us, "'that we should be called the sons of God. "'Therefore, the world knoweth us not, "'because it knew him not. "'Beloved, now are we the sons of God.'" And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure." See, look, if you accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, he calls you the sons and daughters of Christ. That's who we are in Jesus Christ. He can be our father here tonight. And he is your father if you accepted him as your own personal savior but I like to see in this verse, it talks about, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. And K-5 graduation is awesome because you can, you see these young graduates up here, man, and it doesn't appear what they shall be. Who knows what these kids are going to be one day? It's unbelievable the potential that these kids have. I mean, if you think about it, they could be doctors, they can be lawyers, they can be preachers, which is a very good one, I think. They could be preachers, they can even be the president's of the United States, the, 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 it's just unlimited the potential that they have in here today. But you know what, before all of those things, the most important thing that these kids can be, the most important role that you can have in their life is to just simply be called a child of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What an amazing promise. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much sins you have in your life, how much you've sinned in your past. No, God accepts you, who you are right now, here, today. For whosoever, anyone that accepts Jesus Christ in their heart, he'll come into their heart and he'll save them. It reminds me of Michelangelo when he built the sculpture of David, his famous sculpture, he was with a friend, they were going throughout the bunch of rocks and they were looking at a bunch of different rocks and marble. And all of a sudden he looked at this piece of marble and he said, man, that's a beautiful sculpture right there. And his friend looked at him kind of like crazy. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? It's just, it's just a piece of rock. What are you talking about? He's like, no, you may just see a rock, but I see a beautiful sculpture. So that's what God sees in us here today. You might see yourself, I, I, there's too much sin in my life. I can't have Jesus Christ, as my personal savior. You might see that in yourself, but you know what God sees? Hey, I see a child of God. I see somebody who I love, somebody who I've died for. That's what God sees. And it's simple as that. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can't get to heaven by being a good person. You can't get to heaven by doing good works. It's simply believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and you can be saved. It's as simple as that. It really is unbelievable. That's a great message. Even these young kindergartners can understand. It's unbelievable. So if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, as your personal savior, hey, have tonight be the night of your salvation. We'd love to show you a little bit afterwards. If you wanna come talk to me or Pastor Chris or Pastor Lytel, we'd love to talk to you how you can be a child of God. You can know that you're 100% sure that you're on your way to heaven. Let's pray.